Section One of Chimes from a Jester's Bells by Robert J. Burdett. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Deborah Lynn. Chimes from a Jester's Bells by Robert J. Burdett. To my best friend, gentlest critic, trustiest comrade, Robert, the son of his mother. And further, by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. To my inkstand, Pyrian spring, drowned in thy shallow deeps, lie pearls of thoughts the world hath never known, most of them other men's, but some mine own. The worst ones, over which the sad muse weeps, and thrusts back to thy darkest donjon keeps, sinking them down with sable bubbling moan to drown in midnight horror all alone whiles a saved world unconscious round thee sleeps in vain i stain my nose and ink my thumb and to the ceiling desert lift mine eyes hoping from lime wash sublime thoughts to drink my shallow murmurs make the deep more dumb jet black beneath my vexing pen it lies i have it now great snakes there goes the ink. Section 1. The Story of Rollo, Alpha. Night. Silence. A struggle for the light, and he did not know what light was. An effort to cry, and he did not know that he had a voice. He opened his eyes, and there was light. He had never used his eyes before, but he could see with them. He parted his lips and hailed this world with a cry for help. A tiny craft, in sight of new shores, he wanted his latitude and longitude. He could not tell from what port he had cleared. He did not know where he was. He had no reckoning, no chart, no pilot. He did not know the language of the inhabitants of the planet, upon which Providence had cast him. So he saluted them in the one universal speech of God's creatures, a cry. Everybody! Every one of God's children understands that. Nobody knew whence he came. Someone said he came from heaven. They did not even know the name of the little life that came throbbing out of the darkness into the light. They had only said, if it should be a boy and if it should be a girl, they did not know. And the baby himself knew as little about it as did the learned people gathered to welcome him. He heard them speak. He had never used his ears until now, but he could hear with them. A good lusty cry, someone said. He did not understand the words, but he kept on crying. Possibly he had never entertained any conception of the world into whose citizenship he was now received, but evidently he did not like it. The noises of it were harsh to his sensitive nerves. There was a man's voice, the doctor's, strong and reassuring. There was a woman's voice, soothing and comforting, the voice of the nurse. And one was a mother's voice. There is none other like it. It was the first music he heard in this world, and the sweetest. By and by somebody laughed softly, and said in coaxing tones, There, 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 give him his dinner. His face was laid close against the fount of life, warm and white and tender. Nobody told him what to do, nobody taught him, he knew. Placed suddenly on the guest list of this changing old caravansary, he knew his way at once to two places in it, his bedroom and the dining-room. 
Wherever he came from, he must have made a long journey, for he was tired and hungry when he reached here. Wanted something to eat right away. When he got it, he went to sleep. Slept a great deal. When he awoke, he clamored again in the universal volapik for refreshment. Had it and went to sleep again. When he grew older, the wise men told him the worst thing in all this world of many good and bad things that he could do was to eat just before going to sleep. But the baby, not having learned the language of the wise men, did this very worst of all bad things, and having no fear of the wise men, defiantly throve upon it. He looked young, but made himself at home with the easy assurance of an old traveller, knew the best room in the house, demanded it, and got it, nestled into his mother's arms as though he had been measured for them, found that gracious hollow that God made in his mother's shoulder that fit his head as pillows of down never could, cried when they took him away from it, when he was a tiny baby, with no language but a cry, cried once again, twenty-five or thirty years afterward, when God took it away from him. All the languages he had learned, and all the eloquent phrasing the colleges had taught him, could not then voice the sorrow of his heart so well as the tears he tried to check. Poor little baby! Had to go to school the first day he got here. Had to begin his lessons at once. Got praised when he learned them, got punished when he missed them. Bit his own toes and cried when he learned there was pain in this world. Studied the subject forty years before he learned in how many ways suffering can be self-inflicted. Reached for the moon and cried because he couldn't get it. Reached for the candle and cried because he could. First lessons in mensuration. Took him fifty or sixty years of hard reading to learn why God put so many beautiful things out of our longing reach. Made everybody laugh long before he could laugh himself by going into a temper because his clothes didn't fit him or his dinner wasn't served promptly. Just like a man, the nurse said. Nobody in the family could tell where he got his temper. Either he brought it with him, or found it wrapped in a dress to his room when he got here. At any rate, he began to use it very shortly after his arrival. Always said he lost his temper, when most certainly he had it and was using it. Played so hard sometimes that it made him cry. Took him a great many years to learn that too much play is apt to make anybody cry. By and by he learned to laugh. That came later than some of the other things, much later than crying. It is a higher accomplishment. It is much harder to learn and much harder to do. He never cried unless he wished and felt just like it, but he learned to laugh many, many times when he wanted to cry. Grew so after a while that he could laugh with a heart so full of tears they glistened in his eyes. Then people praised his laughter the most. It was in his very eyes, they said laughed one baby day to see the motes dance in the sunshine, laughed at them once again, though not quite so cheerily, many years later when he discovered they were only motes, cried one baby day when he was tired of play and wanted to be lifted in the mother arms and sung to sleep, cried again one day when his hair was white because he was tired of work and wanted to be lifted in the arms of God and hushed to rest. Wished one half his life that he was a man, then turned around, and wished all the rest of it that he was a boy. Seeing, hearing, playing, working, resting, believing, suffering, and loving, all his life long he kept on learning the same things he began to study when he was a baby. End of section 1